I've always believed that if you're a sports fan, your years where you love sports the most, uh, the most innocently, the least amount of cynicism, and you watched it the most because you were young and you didn't have a mortgage, a full-time job, a partner, a kid, is somewhere around 13, 14, and that goes until uh, you're in your early 20s. Well, that coincides with the peak of my next guest. Lomas Brown was an incredible offensive lineman, especially for the Detroit Lions. I started watching football in 1990 at the age of 15, and I got to watch this guy block for the single most exciting player I have ever seen, and I'm including every player I've seen until today, that of course being Barry Sanders. He's now a broadcaster with the Detroit Lions, and recently inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. It is Lomas Brown. Lomas, thank you so much for joining the show today. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. And by the way, I'm going to apologize right now to my producer and my program directors because I could do this. I could do this interview just asking you about things going on today. But bleep that. I need you as a storyteller, um, Lomas. <laughs> what was it like blocking for Barry Sanders, where you would ha- the defense didn't know where he would be, and even you guys might not know where he was going to be. Well, you know, I always tell everyone that, you know, you could Google Barry and you'll see his his highlight runs. But I'm telling you, his most spectacular runs are those runs that we used to see on Mondays after, you know, Mondays watching the film. And it may be a two-yard gain. It may be a two-yard loss. But it's going to be the most spectacular two-yard gain or two-yard loss you've ever seen in your life. And those were, I seen those, it would be at least five times a game. We would sit there and say, oh, my goodness, how did he do that? How did he get away from that? It was just always like that with Barry. So people see the highlights in him when you pull up his name, but I see the real highlights in him of Barry Sanders. And it was nothing but spectacular and awesome for the seven of the ten years that I blocked for him. Would, when you guys were watching film of Barry Sanders, how much of it was just you guys laughing at what he was doing? How much of it was you felt sorry for the amount of, even like all pro defensive players, that were getting embarrassed on the field by what he was doing? Well, you would, yeah, you would definitely have the over or under on how many guys he would take out or the, uh, the over or under on how many guys he embarrasses. And, yeah, it would be like two-plus every game that you know you're going to get something out of Barry. I'm telling you, that's why people on the opposing sidelines, when we used to have the ball, they used to stand up and watch because they knew they were watching something special. They knew they were watching something that they may not ever see again. And I was eating every week, eating every play. In my, in, in, in my case, it was eating every play with Barry Sanders. So, you know, I always tell people he's the greatest, you know, and they think I'm a little biased because I bought for him for seven of his 10 years. But, man, I'm telling you, that dude was the greatest I've ever seen. 
Um, I, I agree. I'm. By the way, I'm a New York Giants fan. That was the team I grew up on. Um, but I can say that he is. Uh, he is the greatest running back I've ever seen. He's the most exciting player. You know, Michael Vick's going to be there. Randy Moss is going to be there. There's a bunch. Uh, but number one, obviously, Barry Sanders. We're joined by uh, Lomas Brown, who does radio with the Detroit Lions. One more sort of historical thing, and, and then we'll we'll get to talking about what we saw last weekend and your thoughts about Wild Card Weekend and and Dan. Campbell and all this other stuff. But when you walked off the field in 1991, having just whipped up on Troy Aikman and the Dallas Cowboys, beating them in the playoffs 38-6, to could you have imagined back then that, that the Detroit would not have won a playoff game since? No, no. You couldn't have told me that we weren't going to get back to the NFC Championship game a couple of more times. I mean, you know, it, it, and and you're right. It's just how quickly things could change in the NFL. Unfortunately, you know, that year in 1991, we lost Mike Utley when he got paralyzed yep. during the season. And then during that offseason, uh, Eric Andelsek got killed. Um, our starting left guard. So we lost both of our guards within like a couple of months span. And I think we never really bounced back from that. But no, you couldn't have told me with all the talent we had on that team when you talk about Chris Spielman and Jerry Ball and Denny Blades and Kevin Glover and Herman Moore and Johnny Morton and Brett Perriman. And yep. I know I'm missing a like Ray Crockett, just the names, male grades. You know, Jason Hansen. Yep. Just all the guys that we had on that team, you couldn't have told me that we weren't going to be back in the NFC Championship game a couple of more times. Yeah, it is remarkable how we think the window for a franchise, how long it's going to be open for uh, to win a championship, and it often closes far faster than we than we thought. Actually, you know what? I, what was your emotion when you saw either live or you heard about it with DeMar Hamlin in the Bills-Bengals game? Because you were there when Mike Utley, back in November of 1991, uh, the injury that paralyzed him. How difficult was it to watch that, the DeMar Hamlin play? And how hard is that for, for football players who are also human beings when they see that on the field and then they got to play again? Oh, scary. Scary. And the thing about it for me is my how times have changed. Because if you think back, man, once they wheeled Mike off that field, um, we were back to playing. Um, if you think about Reggie Brown, who got paralyzed and also had to be resuscitated on the field for the Detroit Lions. You know, once he was wheeled off, you know, they resumed playing. So it's just it's just, you know, how times have changed. And to me, that's the respect because there's a player watching that. You can't imagine watching that and trying to have to refocus your mind back on the game. A game when you just watch real-life stuff just go on. And then the other thing, you're thinking about your teammates. We were thinking about Mike the rest of that game. Our focus wasn't on the Rams. Our focus was on our final uh, hero that went out, Mike Utley. You know, so it's hard to compartmentalize that. That's unfortunately what we had to do. But I thought it was fortunate that the NFL stepped in, stopped the game, and they've done and handled things the way they did with DeMar 
Hamlin, but it was scary. It was scary. I tell anybody, I've seen two things this year that I've never seen in my football life or my life. The the tour thing when he froze up, yep. his fingers were froze up when he got knocked out, and the Demar Hamlin. Those two things I've never seen, never thought I would see, but I've seen them this year. Yeah, yeah, we did. We saw them both. Yeah, you were absolutely right. Uh, joined by uh, Lomas Brown, a color analyst for the Detroit Lions. All right, first, before we look at Wild Card Weekend, how much fun was that? Because as a viewer without a dog in the race, uh, that Lions game was hilarious and fun, and I, I think a lot of people were rooting for Detroit. How much fun was it calling that game? Man, it was so great. Oh, my God. The last half of the season has been so awesome because this is my fifth year, and I came in with Matt Patricia. So I, this is my first winning season. And, man, it was so great to be able to call games that mean something late in the year. It was so great to call an exciting team, man, a bunch of young, exciting players that you watch just get better and better each and every week of the season. It was just so great to see it. And that coaching staff, how they held those guys together when they were one and six. They preached the same message. They had the same demeanor when they were one and six as they had when they were winning. And, of course, Jerry Goff, the leader, the guy that was doubted, the guy that nobody really wanted. He was like the guy that was thrown in with the train with Matthew Stafford. And this guy has proven he's here to stay. He wants to be the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. And I believe we don't have to look for a quarterback high. We can look for a quarterback maybe in the third, fourth, fifth round if we want to because of how Jared has played. And arguably, you could say he's probably played as well as any quarterback in the league over the last month of the season. So it's just great to see. And it just provides such a window into the future of the Lions if we can keep everybody healthy and keep projecting the way we're going. Do you have any good Dan Campbell stories you're allowed to say on air? Man, that, you know, that, that that's just my guy, man. I love Dan Campbell, man. And, you know, again, we played together, you know, two years with the Giants. So I was in my 15th year, and he was in his second year as my tight end. And you could tell back then there was a little something different about the dude. You couldn't put your finger on it. But you knew it was something, you know, something different about him. And when he came in with the bite and the kneecaps, I was like, yeah, man. Half of Detroit got behind them with that because we need that grit. We need somebody that's not afraid to stand up, poke his chest out and say, hey, we're about to get into a, a, a war today. It's about to be on today. And that's, that's how I feel, not just Dan, but Aaron Glenn. You know, Deuce Staley, you know, Randall L., you know, our whole coaching staff, as you guys see from Hard Knock, they're competitive, and that just oozes down into the team. So that's my guy. Love him 110, and, you know, I think we might have found the right guy here in the Boulder City. I hope so. It hasn't felt like the right guy since uh, since Wayne Fonts way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Lomas, I'll, I'll leave you with this question. You were a member of uh, the New York Giants that went to the Super Bowl and nearly beat Baltimore. We, we won't talk about that game. We won't talk about that game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you won a Super Bowl with Tampa. That's what, that, that's what counts. But the Giants are taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I don't trust either of these teams. I love Brian Dayball and the coaching staff. I can't trust that 
that Giants offense beyond Saquon Barkley. Meanwhile, Minnesota wins like 13 games, but they've been outscored on the season. Obviously, you saw Minnesota twice in two games against the Lions. Your thoughts on the Lions-Giants game? Man, look, I think the Giants have a good chance. I, I really do, man, because, again, they have a good run game. I think now it, it got slowed down a little bit over the last part of this season, but they, they have a run game, and that's one thing in the playoffs, especially right they're going to Minnesota. So, you know, they're going to have to deal with the crowd noise. And the best way to get the crowd out the game is to establish the run game. You'll be able to eat up the clocks. Pete Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, you know, T.J. Hawkinson and that powerful offense, Dalvin Cook. Keep those guys on the sideline. You guys have it. You don't want to have Daniel Jones dropping back trying to throw the ball. That plays right into Minnesota's hands. So, to me, it's imperative that the Giants come out and establish the run game. If they could do that, that's going to help that defense. And the defense is good enough to stop the Minnesota offense when they have the ball. But you just can't put them in bad situations where you can't have begin three and out and keep the defense on the field. So, to me, I think the the New York Giants got a great chance against Minnesota. Minnesota hadn't just impressed me. They just had jumped off the screen at me and said, whoa, this is a team you have to contend with. So, I do think the Giants have an opportunity and a chance in this game. Hey, yeah, I, I listen. As a Giants fan, I hope you are right. Um, just to be a hell of a comeback from last year. You know, before we go, I've, I've been getting, you know, just my brain has been filled with 1990s football, and I have seven Herman Moore questions for you. But I'll have to save that for another time. <laughs> uh, can, can you tell everyone a little bit about your about the Lomas Brown Foundation and where they can find more information on it? Absolutely, they could go to Lomas Brown Junior. dot uh, and yes, man, I, 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 I thank you for asking me that because, you know, we've been supporting kids since the early 90s when I established my foundation, the Boys and Girls Club, Big, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I gave out scholarships. So now we're focusing in on doing educational camps and clinics right now in the southeast Michigan area. So, yeah, and we're doing the underserved areas. So we never, the, the philosophy with my foundation is I never want to put a financial burden on the kid or their family. So we handle all the financial burdens. Everything we do for the kids is free for them. So I appreciate you asking me that, man. We're growing each and every year, man, and we continue to grow in 2023. That's fantastic. The Lomas Brown Junior Foundation dot org. Easy to spell, easy to find. Lomas, this has been an absolute treat. Your prime was during some of my prime years becoming an NFL fan. So uh it's been a thrill chatting with you today. All the best. Absolutely, Matt. I appreciate it at any time. All right, and careful. We will we will hold you to that, mostly because I'm self indulgent <laughs> talking about that time period. Thanks so much, Lomas. All the best. Okay, take care. Take care. That is multi, 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 multi Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, former offensive lineman with the Detroit Lions, the Giants, and again, one with Tampa.